0: Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the marketing minds at doconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak.
1: We are here, episode 150, with Julie Jarnigan. Wow, 150?
2: That's wow. awesome. That's,
1: that's a real a number. Milestone. <laughs> it's like well, anniversaries, like <laughs> 5, 10, 15, 20, the ones in between don't really count. Maybe, I don't know. All the- it's a real milestone
0: <laughs> for sure. I think we're actually on like episode 165 or maybe even 170 because we did a whole bunch of half and like 0. 0.3 episodes. And then the like the negative, struck.
1: negative episodes before we even...
0: Yeah, and then the, were, the negative We're live
1: <laughs> with them. Yeah, that's been that's Yeah, it's quite a that's few right. every, every week. Yeah, at least. yeah. All right. Good stuff. Diving right in to story time. And
0: Julie...
2: Um, Yes, if you have interest in copywriting stuff, or just marketing in general, Ann Hanley has a great newsletter that you can sign up for since it's straight to your email. And she had one about a week and a half ago that started with a story about her seeing a squirrel eating a pizza, a piece of pizza, (laughs) and thinking it was the strangest thing ever. And then she looked at like the Google search for that. And she found out that a lot of people see squirrels eating pizza. But that's off topic. Um, Really, the real reason she wrote this article, and while I thought it was interesting, it was about taking risks in marketing. And I know sometimes Mm -hmm. we see people who do something kind of out of the norm or out there, an idea. And sometimes people think like, how did somebody let them do that? Like my my company is going to question that and say, that's too weird. I'm not going to do that. So the article, go back and read it. It's really good about the key is doing eighty percent safe content that sends leads and that your bosses like, and twenty percent can be the um, they call it yep. the intelligent risk content. And also just having some buy-in from the leaders and people who trust you, and first earning their you know credibility, your credibility within the company, and then be able to do those fun things that get talked about.
0: I I, I love it, and Beautiful. it's absolutely true.
1: It's so perfect.
0: The. The way that I've talked about it or thought about it in the past is more branding versus results oriented. But that to me, in my career and where I've been, the brand part always felt more like the risk because you're not getting that return. I'm spending money and I'm not sure when or how I'm getting that back. And so that's when Marty would stop by and have 10 new ideas every week about, well, one of the ideas was always, again, can we just email everyone in the town? Like I, f- I heard, we can buy a list and just spam people. Can we do that? That was always that was a consistent every every other week idea, which I shot down. But then it was, you know, right now it is rock the block is the is the thing that a lot of builders that we work with in particular have been approached by them to to do that. It's an I think it's HGTV series where there's four or five homes together. So you you're giving them four or five home sites which are very valuable. You're letting them do kind of whatever they want in terms wow. of the interior finishes of it. And, and so he would come up with those kinds of ideas, or we, we let someone do basically a, a survivor in the model home. And every, every two days they voted someone out of the house and it was on like <laughs> live on the morning show. And that, That's awesome. I mean, but I could only let one of those ideas occur every six months Because I knew at the end of the day we had to get those results. But the other thing I love is you're using one of my favorite words, street cred, in that you're using that stability and improving that you know what you're doing to get the street cred to be able to try something off at the edge or at the margins. I think there's a lot of truth to that. For
1: sure. 100% agree.
0: Now, Anne Hanley, for those of you, I'm sure most people know who she is, but can you share any of the background, quick background on Anne? And how you found her?
2: Yes, actually. Oh, I think y'all had mentioned her. I hadn't been following her newsletter until recently, but then when I went back and found her, I had read her Everyone Writes. Is that what her mm-hmm. book is called? Yeah. a great book called Everyone Writes that I had read a while ago. So um, she's she's awesome. And-, and then she was
0: at Marketing Profs or maybe still is, I don't know, for a long time. Um, but I love the name of her newsletter yeah. is is super smart. Total Ann Arkey because it's, it's ann right
2: like that it. that also drew me in it's beautiful. yeah and her newsletter is fun it's not a boring just here's talking no, that about was a good writing read. it's it's always fun to read and she always ties it in in a fun way and before we jump off of me i want to give a shout out to martha um from tuskus who Ooh, so nice Martha Where, Clifford
0: at Tuscus I do that all the time. Yes. I'm like Martha Tuscus has a great idea.
2: No, sorry, did I say I'm at Tuscus? <laughs> right. Um she she takes walks once a week and listens to our. I mean she takes it more than once in a week, but she says she takes a podcast walk and listens to us on her podcast walk. So Martha, if you're walking right now, shout out.
1: There you go. <laughs> nice. And we apologize for those like 2-hour long episodes because that's a long walk. <laughs> but maybe that's like I have to finish this this episode so I'm going to keep going. <laughs> that would be a good excuse.
0: Martha, if you're listening actually right now, just do a couple flips for me. She's a yeah. she's a former gymnast. She was on the Florida national team for the national team for the Florida Gators. And so she's been known at at the builder's show on some evenings to do like seven cartwheels in a row or I don't I don't know what they're called. Martha, sorry, I don't know what they're called, but <laughs> Sounds good. I she's amazing. She still Next has time. it. Still got it. All right, Andrew, we, what
1: do you got? So my story is pretty much the same story, except I I, I saw a uh, example from a realtor. I shared it to my story earlier and it got me thinking like, how often do we, it's literally the same story, like hanging out in the safe content area. And it's more like on the educational side, like tips for moving into your home. And like, yes, sometimes we have these things that the intention of that is not to be this like Groundbreaking it's content. It's not going viral. Yeah. It's not going viral. But then I'm like, oh, like I think there's some builders or even projects, whatever it may be, where you stick to like this safe area. Just like i um, I think I'm using the word safe because we just talked about safe and not taking risks. Um, and I'm like, oh, geez. If you aren't saying anything, if there's no intention, or like if you're making a video of a community or whatever and there's nothing of interest, if it's just like bland in the middle, it's so forgettable to us i think all this ties together like just when you're creating content whether it's written or it's visual like it needs to be interesting
2: but i think it's hard to make it kind of it needs to tie into some kind of an emotion like what do you want them to feel when they listen to this and somehow tie in some something goes back to story (laughs) the
0: only things that are memorable Mm -hmm. are stories Mm -hmm. Uh, unless your brain is wired a very certain way, you don't remember data points off top of your head. That's why so many stats are made up on the spot is because people know generally, they remember the story, they don't remember the data point. So then they just say something close to what they think they heard. And then the the data point is made up at that point. People need a story and a story has to have some form of drama to it. There has to be tension. And that's what I think people are always scared about in our business
1: I think they're scared to try like, try. like, it's risky. Like, you're putting your versus, like, oh, yeah, it looks, here's the house, and the focus is on the house. It's like, oh, you did it that way. That's interesting. Like, if you just do it vanilla, I think there's no room for opinion except on like things that aren't really a reflection of you. It's like, oh, the lighting isn't right. That is you if you made it or you paid someone else to do it. But if you're like, oh, I have this idea, I give it to the videographer, da 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 da. It's your idea versus like, oh, they just made a walkthrough of home. And so it's, it's less risky. But I think that's on my side. I'm like, oh, that's kind of like if you aren't taking those risks, your street cred is very slowly decreasing. Like it's like attrition, like you aren't pushing, you aren't doing anything exciting. Like it's not like this drastic damaging thing. So you go from 100 uh, yeah, to like Yeah, that's a an interesting point. Like over five years, like you didn't do anything fun and exciting. Here comes along new shiny object. There's no
0: doubt. If I, if I had never done any branding elements at Heartland, Marty would have found someone who was going to. So it feels safe, yeah. but it actually is risky to do nothing,
1: to, to do none of that. It's still a choice. Not that you have to, yeah, I like that 80-20, because that's still, and you could do that. I think the what I take from that, and this is what my brain thinks, not 80% of your projects are perfect and fit in that safe, but you could take every project and then within the project itself, 20% of it or whatever percent you could start trying new different things within there. So it's not just like clear cut of like, Oh, those are Andrew's weird things he did over there that no one really likes or yeah. whatever. Maybe well, it's like that, It's you get the same reason up. that
0: I made the budget recommendation originally is now six years ago or so to have a testing line item in your budget. That's only one or 2%, but yeah, there's no some much. people who never try anything new And so you have to have that line in to say, you need to spend this money irrationally to test something. (laughs) And then there's other people who need that as a restraint. Like I'll never forget a VP of sales and marketing really wanted their new website to be Netflix. Hmm. So everything was designed to look like the Netflix library and very minimalist, huge graphics, but you would just see, Instead of, you know, a category, it was floor plans and, and, and I'm kind of like, why I'm all for trying something different, but why all different right now? Why not, why not learn,
1: just like add that adapt and test function somewhere else, keep the map. So those two extremes are there.
0: And just like with that budget line item, when it comes to, to, to branding versus direct response is kind of the traditional term that you would talk about in the marketing world. If I expect something to happen, I expect a sale or I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I want to try. It's kind of the same idea. You, you can't be at either extreme. You got to do a little bit of it for sure. Um, I think there's a bubble forming in the marketplace, but no, it's it's not in house values. I think the bubble forming is in hidden shadow lists. I'm going to start calling them in sales offices around the country. Interesting. So I was visiting a, a builder and... The, we were looking at the data using our favorite tool and it said that you know there was 13 sales in April in this neighborhood. Three of them had come from online sales appointments. Ten of them had come from walk-in traffic that were not from online sales appointments. And they had only reported four walk-in traffic units. So they ten sales, people. four it's walk-in magic. traffic units. Certainly people yeah. can come from previous months. This was just a snapshot in time. Uh, but but what we started working through with the sales manager and the salespeople and having conversation was that that what was really happening is that people were bypassing the online sales appointment, going straight to the community because this was an A location, high demand, and they were just knocking on the door, demanding to be seen. And then the salesperson because they're human says, wow, this person is right in front of me and it's very urgent and driven. And so I know I'm not supposed to tell you that I'm going to put you on this special list or give you any priority access, but I, I kind of sort of hint at it to make you feel better. And then I feel obligated to do so. And so now you've got this, this list that is damaging in two ways. One, because the salesperson themselves out of human nature is prioritizing the people who are right in front of them. And so it, it's not just that only three of those sales were coming from online sales. That's not the problem at all here. It's that the ratio, the percentage of appointment to sale there were many more online appointments scheduled, but only three of those people bought. And the reason was, is because the sales rep is approaching that online appointment as a, hi, nice to meet you. It was so nice of you to schedule this appointment. But if and in their minds, they're saying to themselves, but if you're really serious, like you would have just dove in here, like all these other people who are desperate. So you don't seem that desperate or driven to me. So I'm going to just kind of, again, unconsciously, I'm going to to deprioritize your value in comparison to all these really urgent people who are knocking in, on my window and throwing checks at me. Uh, does that make sense? It's it, And so there's this bubble occurring mm-hmm. on two fronts. One, they're not getting into the CRM. So four walk-in trafficking is 10 sales. That's a problem. And so you've got to have a system in place. And I, I, I'm i believing this more and more. You can train, and and you should train, and you should hold people accountable. Your sales director or sales manager has to know how to use the CRM and lead by example as well. But more and more, you need to have a way for the consumer to bypass the sales rep altogether to register. You have to, just like with, again, if you go on Gap or some clothing store, give us your information and you get a 10% off coupon. We can't offer them the coupon, but we should be able to offer them something of value. Either general about information relating to the model home or community or specific like NoviHelm, of this is the interaction you had with the sales rep and all the personal notes made that can be sent to you so that you can review them later general or specific we got to find a way to let the customer self register to to bypass this at least the majority of the time we should still train to so hold people accountable but the practical side of me says we can't let this bubble get any bigger than it potentially is and then the second big problem with the with the shadow list bubble is Marketing, sales director, operations has a big, we don't know what's really happening there. Um, it's not just a poor customer experience because the people who are actually doing what you're asking them to and going through a, a set appointment route and getting pre-qualified, et cetera, are being deprioritized. So that's a poor customer experience. Your best behaving mm-hmm. customers are being treated potentially the worst in some cases. Um, but you just don't know. and And not knowing right now, again, I continue to say this, that is the worst thing you can do is to stop interacting with customers. Or if you're interacting with them and letting them come to the model, not taking notes, not getting them in the CRM, not following that data point. Can you imagine, because there are builders who are doing this, but Julie, can you imagine if a builder said, we're going to shut our model home for 30 to 45 days, you cannot talk or communicate with salespeople. And then during that time, as fast as things are moving, they create some grand strategy and plan and just launch to market without any sense of how things have changed over the last 45 days. No. That would be be
2: terrifying. terrifying.
0: (laughs) Absolutely terrifying.
1: There you go. There you go. It'd be terrifying. Yeah, I could imagine on the marketing side, imagine you are forecasting your sales. You have traffic, you have leads, you have appointments, there's your data points. You know, like, man, we're behind. We need to double our budget. But then the shadow list, like you already met your sales quota, your sales cap, whatever. And then you just like, yeah, you blew up the system and you spent money. And well, this time is the dynamic the old...
0: that's weird. Like I, I frequently have the moments where I think I'm going crazy and then I'm, I'm realizing like, no, that's my spider sense that there's something not right here. But you'll, you'll be in a conversation with a division president or a director of sales as the marketer. And you'll hear someone say something like, yeah, we're behind on sales or things have slowed down dramatically or something to that effect. And my reaction is awesome. Well, that's a problem we can fix. Let's go fix that. And they're like, oh, no, no, we're good. I'm like, wait, you just said something bad. You just said something <laughs> kind of bad is happening. I have a and that, that I think is, that is a potential sign that these shadow lists exist. If the sales director is like, oh, we're good. Well, how? Why do they feel good? It's because they're getting feedback from the front line that they have these other people in their pocket. And that you just need to keep digging um, around to try to figure out what's going on. Don't, don't be lulled into complacency because we are, um, I mean, right now, intentionally so between messaging and lack of advertising spend, we're now approaching the same website traffic level nationally as an average as we were in November early November of 2019. And it's the the thick of the spring uh, spring selling market, traditionally speaking right now. And so again, people are still selling appointments are great. Everything's awesome, but the front end of the funnel is causing some people to be concerned. But again, maybe no one else is concerned and no one else is asking for ads to be run or messaging to change yet because the shadow lists are, are huge see that all right moving on to the news the news from cnbc.com home construction sees the biggest drop since pandemic hit here's why dated um tuesday may 18th single family housing starts down 13.4 percent and why are they down many many reasons but a lot of it is that um Home sites are in short supply. So a lot of people are sold out or nearly sold out of existing phases. New phases aren't ready. And also obviously price is going up, but commodity prices being so high and builders being stretched so thin that a lot of builders are intentionally starting to decide not to start even sold homes. We're just going to, we're just gonna let that sit there in hopes that lumber and other commodities are going to come down a bit before we, before we start the process.
1: Fun times, fun times, <laughs> not fun times. It's, it'll be interesting if I posted this in the Mark marketing group. Like, I remember when we when we built this was twenty eighteen. No issues were going on. Trades was still like we need more people. That's that's like an ongoing thing. But we're like, once it when we didn't see something, and you're like, they're just gonna go scratch the dirt for you that make you happy and move some dirt around. Like, start like on the home site to make us feel good that like there's progress. You could only do things like that so much. It'll be interesting what the communication looks like to buyers. Because um, if you're transparent to me as a buyer, you're like, oh, you're going to try to hold off like six weeks, whatever the time, a time period. With the hopes to not have to use the escalation clause, da, 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 all this stuff like to hopefully make it a better experience. I, be, I feel like I'd be OK with that versus like just, yeah, they're getting delays or getting delays and not really having a, a transparent answer. But once you open up that transparency, then you have to keep it, which then what if you want to delay another month and now it's month four, yeah, month three or two or whatever time period. Um,
0: well, and that, that's why one of the things I, I, I post, you know, random stream of consciousness stuff that's not really blog post worthy either on LinkedIn or Twitter, um, sometimes in the Facebook group as well. But one of my thoughts was that, you know, you can't, you can't, deliver certainty right now, but you can deliver. This is the outline of how we will engage with you when things come up. This is how we will communicate. This is how far in advance we will communicate. This is, these are things that we'll have to potentially talk through. These are just kind of setting standards, rules of engagement. Elena money calls it, you know, her good attitude addendum. Um, but I think having something like that in place is really important. And the other thing that I was mostly distracted by the whole time you were talking, Andrew, is that you used some builder jargon that I love. I, mean, I did. It I proves think. that you're hanging I out. I used it right. Which one did you use?
1: Escalation, yeah. scratching dirt.
0: Scratching <laughs> dirt, yes. You have to say
1: it like that. We're, we're scratching yes. some dirt out there.
0: Yes, that, that takes yeah. me back to start meetings.
1: I feel like you said that. Like you literally said those words, they'll go move dirt around to make you feel better. Yeah. Really? Hey, how how are we coming on
0: this one? Oh, we're delayed. Okay. We're going to
1: scratch some dirt. The peaks are paying the butt. I love it. They live five seconds away from their their new house. They're there every day. Get them out over here.
0: I love it. Good job. (laughs) Okay. um, From housingwire.com, low tax states are winning the real estate battle. Now, correlation causation, are low tax states also states that have overall better climates? Before we dive into this, is that, is that sound?
2: I mean, Nevada, Florida, South Carolina, and Texas.
0: Not as cold. <laughs> not the as cold.
2: That, that they gave.
0: Um, yeah. Is there, I guess maybe the other way is what is the, and, and not that either one of you know this or the article spells it out, but what is the highest tax state in the South or in great climate?
1: Oh, I, I'm trying to think where can I guess? Yeah. North Carolina, I don't know. Like, a- I mean,
0: my hunch might be Austin at this point, but I don't know. I don't know that for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. It's well, tax- and low it's- state
0: taxes, but Austin itself might be higher.
2: Exactly, the property taxes yeah. in Austin are insane. So I wonder how many people start looking in Austin and then realize the true cost of living there and um, get scared away by the property taxes. But
1: yeah, looks like Louisiana. Actually, Julie, time to move. Maybe you want to come <laughs> back here to Florida. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> According to wallethub.com. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, Louisiana. There's lots of stuff going on with Louisiana.
1: What's the lowest but state? But that, you know, Alaska.
2: what's
0: interesting without making it a political discussion at all, it, it's super easy to say this makes complete sense because how did, as builders, how did we have to talk about um, energy efficient features for people to really care at all? It was this is how it affects your, your, day-to-day, month-to-month living Mm -hmm. expenses to make this home more affordable. So sure, the new home costs more, but it's a total system working together to save you hundreds of dollars, potentially on utilities every month. Whereas this is a real life story of if you are going from a 57% total tax rate per year in Manhattan to total tax rate of 38, that's real money that you could afford to put into.
1: Or like Florida with no... No income tax. Um, that's an easy, easy one. Yep. Zero. Yeah. That's also interesting. Yeah. I'm sure there's other things we could correlate to this too, like Chick fil A sales or COVID, <laughs> COVID response. Like, I don't, as far as like Florida, as well, knows, a little bit looser on everything. So I think there's a lot of people moving because of that but in both directions, like in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot in there. But yeah, it's interesting to, if you could tie that. Well,
0: let's bring too. this full circle. So, and this is I love putting everyone else on the spot on a podcast.
1: It's the best. It's my favorite part.
0: Is there a nugget of a content idea that hits you when you see this? So if you if you are selling homes in a low tax state, is there a piece of content that you think someone should be creating or is there a more slightly risk averse clickbait headline approach to writing or creating a piece of content that might go, you know, quasi viral? Or be more likely to be read.
1: I feel like I always talk. So, Julie, do you want to go first? I do have an idea.
0: I, that he's I'm stalling, really... Julie. Don't listen to that. He's always.
2: He, <laughs> you said with the energy efficiency—just how much money will you save by moving to Texas? Yeah. Um, how much more? How how much further will your money go in Texas than I, where you are right now?
0: And I think just like with interest rates or energy efficiency, the key would be to to, to try to figure out the math to say a headline like why, you know, thinking of moving to Texas, here's why you can afford a house that costs a hundred grand more. You know, do, taking into account all yep. of the different taxes and 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 energy efficiency, et cetera. It's like collectively, you can buy a more expensive home here or get more for your money. I think that would be.
1: Yeah, one that's way to what go. I, was, I was thinking. Except, yeah, I would think. I told you,
0: Julie. That's what he was thinking. Well, I was
1: getting it <laughs> <And then> go <laughs> a long time. No, I think it needs like
2: my answer, different <laughs> personas or
1: something. Like if you're a... Uh-huh. If we can, I mean, that's where like, make yeah. sure it's okay to say this, but like, if you're making this much, if you're a single person making 65K uh-huh. per year, here's what you could afford in Texas, or here's what your month could look like versus, and kind of do like yeah. a Texas versus scenario, fists up and everything. Yep. Now, what if it's bad news and you sell in Austin and your property taxes are crazy? Uh, But maybe your insurance isn't that much. I have no idea.
0: Well, but everything's Uh, about comparison. So you just go back and compare to a home in Manhattan or LA and you're good. Which
1: you would never want to make it look bad. But at the same time, if that's what the truth is, that's what the truth is. There's no hiding from like, okay, our property taxes are high. It is. That's what they are. But then you could explain why they're high. Maybe their schools are really amazing. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Um, but then you just go into it because that's what they're going to do anyways. As a buyer, like they will. F- you're just making them find out that information on their own.
0: All right, moving on from digiday.com. Why some brands plan to participate in Facebook Live shopping events this summer? Interesting.
1: Interesting.
0: So, when Interesting. what year did Facebook Live really was? I feel like it was two years ago that really started taking off. Just live video in general on Facebook and Instagram.
1: Yeah, I think two years ago, and then. I think there's probably a lot of people listening. There are definitely, Julie, I don't know if you participate in any of these. My wife does, Lindsay. There's like boutiques that only sell live. Oh, flash sales? Um, they're like every Friday night or Thursday or whatever. They're like a couple times per week. And they have a whole system, like their software in place. You like comment and then it, you get added to your cart automatically, like outside of Facebook. Huh. So I think <laughs> Facebook is seeing that. They're like, we could get 2% of, like, I don't know, the one that Lindsay participates in, like they, they sell a lot of clothes. It's insane.
2: To me, I feel like we're going to like modern day QVC and Home Shopping network. HSN. so great. Yeah, Twenty minutes
0: great away
1: from here, the and headquarters. That's,
0: that's what yeah. I don't know is man. Just live in general is so hard. We we love everything in our life. I mean, speaking for for my yeah. wife, who I, she's now certain that I say things about her that I w- wouldn't want her to say about her so <laughs> this might fall into that category but she'll never know like anything in our life that has to be scheduled she has like an initial aversion to even committing in any way like we're gonna we're gonna commit to doing this at this time like why I mean, that's why homeschooling works so well we for the to. younger three and you know just so, so the idea yeah. of her committing to going live to buy something at a set time like that ain't happening and and i'm not saying everyone is like her obviously a lot of people do want to do live events but i i think that's still the key is at least for facebook those live events can be archived and and then re redone. that's that's the, again my main aversion to clubhouse and other things like that is if it's if it's ephemeral if it's the snapchat effect if it disappears when it's done so I, I don't know I, if this, if this continues, it just seems yeah. like we're going to keep getting fractured more and more. I
1: think as, it could be as, a, as unique, an audience. a unique feature. Um, mm-hmm. and certain personalities will go to it. Like, I'm just thinking like if you're a, I don't even, I'm trying to think what brands, um, there's some fitness brands that have very unique designs and it's like the owners make it. So it'd be interesting. Like, like, it's not like the design is an outsourced to some random person. It's like, that's the designer of the, of the clothing. So if you got to participate with them, and it's like this, it's like a thing you do. You get to yeah. know that person deeper. So it's like content and shopping all in one. Um, but you still, hopefully, on there, and they could like extract some of the video and reuse it because yeah. rewatching a forty-five minute or an hour video is terrible, especially as yeah, live. Yeah,
0: they're definitely going to need AI um, to go through and auto-edit like the highlight reel for people who want to just catch the five-minute summary. Yeah, but I think what's interesting is. For Facebook, they already have these two things. They have stores. They already have storefronts, and there's mm-hmm. there's ad formats that we use and others use. Um, collection ad formats that that are supposed to be storefronts, and so they're just combining live video with. You know, as long as your products are in the store, you can you can pull those out and have people purchase and and transact live, kind of natively in the app, like you're talking about. I also. It's hilarious right now. DigiDay is trying to shame you into signing up for their newsletter. I think this is, this is, this is pretty fun. This is risky, Julie, right? Convince All people right. you know what a demand-side platform is. Sign up for our newsletter. <laughs> Don't be stupid. Sign up for our newsletter. It's great. I
1: found the, um, if anyone's bored, it's called commentsold.com is what I believe Facebook is trying to get rid of.
0: There you go. Well, and, and it's not just that so they're trying to get rid native. of. Right, to they want it people to native. stay on their platform as long as possible, especially now when they're not going to get data from something outside the platform. They don't want you to leave for for any reason. Just yep. stick around.
1: And then if Comet solds getting 2 to 4% of transactions, then another revenue source for Facebook.
0: Yep. We've got another one that I'm just going to tease it and we'll talk about it next time because I think it's, it's more in-depth and is worth, worth talking about. How Google's $150 billion advertising business actually works. We'll, we'll dive into that one next time. All right, moving on to this week's question of the week, which I, um, I posted as part of... Uh, oh, wow. Things have happened since I've left. Yeah, okay.
1: Quite a bit has happened.
0: So I just posted this morning there's not but so we'll just ask the question then you we'll go through the comments next time. Is walking traffic on the rise for builders because of the lack of available homes to purchase across the country? So kind of like tying into my story time here of have you noticed signs that your walk-in traffic is increasing overall? Maybe that's the first kind of question and the second is are these shadow lists being created and is it unintentional? Like you're not you're not plastering over on all of your messaging. We're open, come visit. But either because your capacity for, you know, so I'll just read Don's comment, which I think is true for a lot of people. She, she was the first one to comment. She said, we see this all the time. They don't believe us when we say there are no appointments available and they just go when they want, but then they get upset that everyone's busy. <laughs> so part of it is just trying to set good expectations, but people are so driven and and urgent that they they're bypassing that. Or again, in today's world, just like you, Generally speaking, millennials and younger don't love to call and talk to people on the phone. No. Nah. But if there's a home that's available at your price point that you really like, do you also want to fill out a form and wait for a response or are you going to call?
1: No, especially like, with the urgency of like, I've been stalking Zillow or whatever for right, right. months. I'm just going to go there. I don't even care. So we've
0: already seen that translate yeah. on on phone calls and text messages instead of form fills and is is now just i'm gonna go and visit because oh my gosh there's something that might fit for us and it looks like let's just go there right now get in the car or go go this evening is there is yeah. that happening
1: it, it reminds me of toilet paper 2020 like at least down here like there we post like on local groups like this public said this one has toilet paper five minutes ago three fifteen, whatever it is and then like Ten minutes later, no more toilet paper. Like people are just like driving around trying to find things, and it'd be just rumor based. And so they're just showing up. They don't even care. They're willing really to take the risk and just show up in person.
2: Yeah, and I would be interested to know: Do your salespeople have a? Do they know what they're supposed to do when those people walk oh, in? Man. Like, is there something? Have they been trained on Probably what not. to tell people and what to do? Well, if they
1: flash a check. You like would hope so, and- because
0: we've had so many questions about this and. We've had webinars for thousands of people where we've talked through the answers. But to your point, when I go out and visit and I, and we go to talk to a sales rep for a community that's getting ready to launch soon, and there's two salespeople sharing the community, they each have their own shadow list, and then there's the online salesperson list. And I was like, so how, first of all, let's, let's ignore the online sales team. Excellent salesperson in front of me. How are you and your compadre who get paid separate commissions. You're not, you're not joined together. How are you even negotiating your two lists? And and she's like, well, yeah, I guess we're going to, mm, I mean, we kind of figure that out with our best people. I'm going to sell home site 21. He's going to sell home site 16. And I'm just thinking, she goes, she continued on with, yeah, we're going to have to talk to the sales director and kind of figure out that. I think, cause you know, I'm like, Oh man, this is a, it's a three-way pileup on the train tracks. You know I mean, mm-hmm. I don't even know that it's possible with trains. But that's <laughs> right. You got online sales <laughs> as a, a list. Mess. Each salesperson has a list. There's going to be multiple people brokering for how this goes. So I, I think it's a, good, it's a good point, Julie. I don't think in a lot of cases, people have a lot of new phases haven't launched post January, February, we sold everything out. And so that's a new dynamic. Also, I just wanted to stop or end this week's episode with a little bit of a celebration. Uh, lumber prices coming down. Come on, I mean, not, not necessarily what your builder is buying lumber for right now. It's beautiful. But they, they have dropped from a high of $1,700 in the uh, futures market all the way down <laughs> to uh, just over $1,200. still a ways still off a from, from $400 where it was at the end of 2019. But... This is this is the other thing that I think we have to start thinking about is right now, you do have a lot of leaders who are okay slowing things down from a sales perspective. And a lot of the conversation is, well, we're doing it for the customer experience, and we're doing it because we can't keep up. But what we know, unfortunately, is that the main reason is just because commodity prices can't be controlled. And so if commodity prices do drop significantly, and let's say right now your builder is at a fictitious gross margin on the home and commodity prices drop to the point where if they continue selling at their current sales price or even drop prices slightly, their margin goes to 42%. What do you think they're going to tell everyone to do? Sell as far out into the future as you want. Just set expectations of this is going to take a while, but sell, 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 sell. I think that that's something else we got to start planning on potential scenarios that
1: might occur that, it i was at home depot the other day can you see this i took a picture two by oh, four yeah. by uh-huh. two by four by 96 798 i mean that lumber's crazy it's insane we all know but, but at least amazing. in most and places now you can get one it. person so yeah there's plenty there no one was looking at it but yeah it's it was there
0: yeah all right. As a reminder, if you have questions for us, feedback on an episode, or recommendations for future guests, uh, I did get one. Someone, someone actually listened to a previous episode and said, "Hey, you told us to just pitch ourselves straight to you if we want to come on, and here's my pitch." And they're coming on, so give First it a shot. That's awesome. So go ahead and send all that into show at doyouconvert Questions, feedback, or suggestions of future guests. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. We'll see you next week.
2: Bye. See ya.